Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One of the biggest barriers I consistently see people run into on their mental health journeys is not believing that they are worth investing in or not really caring what happens to them. It's relatively easy. It's all relative to get to the point in mental health where you generally know a lot of the things you quote should be doing, where you gather enough knowledge and skills and, and coping tools to say, I know what I theoretically could do to handle a lot of the situations or circumstances that I might face, but I just don't really care to do them because it's only for me. And I don't really care about me. I, I don't think I'm important. I don't think I'm worth my own time and energy. Therefore, I don't see a purpose. I don't see a reason to apply these things. I know what this feels like. I do. I lived a long period of my life thinking the same thing about myself and like knowing, yeah, I know I should be, you know, taking care of my body and, and getting enough sleep and doing well in school or at least trying to do well in school. But like, who cares? What It's, it's, it's me. And I'm just me and I'm just, I, I am who I am. You know, I'm just this worthless person. So what's the difference? Like, it, it's all just a waste of time and energy. The thing about that perspective is it's actually an artificial trap. It has no obvious escape, but there is a way out of it. It's completely paradoxical and defies common sense. But I'm going to teach you about it today. It's one of the most important things that I've ever learned and I did not learn it in mental health. I learned it on a farm when I was 10. Let me just take a brief moment to introduce myself for those of you who may not know me. I'm Dr. Scott. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. I specialize in moderate to severe depression and anxiety. And I'm the author of the book, For When Everything is Burning. Here is the tagline for today's video. Like if you're going to memorize one sentence, remember this sentence because everything else branches off of this. The act of caring for something causes you to care about that thing. In other words, the more time and energy you invest into something, the more emotionally invested you also become in that thing. The opposite is also true, meaning that if you invest a minimal amount of time and energy into something, you will typically end up not caring very much about that thing, even if you might have otherwise cared about it under different circumstances. And that law that I just described is not just about like possessions. It also applies to our relationship with ourselves. I'm going to give you two examples to illustrate that point. 
The first comes from the world of finance, and it's a term that we call sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy was a way to explain how people end up losing massive amounts of money on investments that are clearly going downhill. Because the way people behave when they see their money start to disappear in an investment is completely the opposite of what you would expect. So indulge me in a theoretical exercise for a moment here. Let's say that both you and I today decide to invest some money in Tesla. And you invest $10 in Tesla, which I know you can't even buy a full share of Tesla with $10, but just, just indulge me. It's pretend. And I invest $10,000 in Tesla. So we're both in Tesla, but I am way more in than you. I have way more on the line, right? And let's say that the very first day that we make our respective investments in Tesla, it goes down by 10%. So horrible start to our investments, right? You, having invested $10, you have lost a dollar, which probably isn't what you were hoping for, but hopefully is also not the end of the world for you. I, having invested $10,000 into Tesla, just lost $1,000 in a day. Terrible, terrible start to my investment. So the question is, which of us do you think is more likely to get out of there, to cut our losses and move on and say, okay, Tesla was not the stock for me after all. You might think that it would be me because I've already lost a substantial amount of money and I'm probably freaking out and panicking and wanting to like evacuate Tesla stock. You've lost a dollar. So you're like, eh, who cares, right? But that's actually the reason I'm more likely to stay in because when a person has lost something, when a person is invested more heavily in something, they are more likely to stick with it because I now feel like I'm out $1,000 if I don't make this work. And so I feel like I have to stay in Tesla to make my money back. The more I have invested in Tesla, the more I care about Tesla because my stakes and my fortunes are now tied to it. You've lost a dollar. You don't care. You're like, this isn't important to me. I don't, I had such a minimal amount of investment in this company in the first place that I really don't care what happens to it. Whereas me, having lost a thousand dollars, you better believe I'm like researching Tesla and trying to call Elon Musk, like, dude, what are you doing? What happened here? So that's kind of a silly example, but, but it's an important example to understand that the more invested you are in something, the more you tend to stick with that thing. And the more you care about that thing. Let me give you a more personal example. If that one was a little too abstract, this is the farm story that I mentioned earlier. So my grandparents were hog farmers and they had a, a decent sized farm that was obviously out in the country, as I suppose most farms are. And as kids, we just loved to like run around and play on the farm and just explore. And I remember I was about 10 years old and I'm the oldest of three. So me and my siblings, who would have been uh, eight and six at the time, we were like messing around in some shed or something. And I, I don't remember exactly what the story was here, but we found a mouse that was injured. And we decided that this mouse was going to be our pet. So we like got a shoebox and, you know, put the mouse in the shoebox and tried to make it comfortable and like gave it food and water. And like we, and we brought it inside because it was winter and it was cold. We're trying to nurse this mouse back to health, basically. So I'm sorry for making yet another uh, video with a sad animal story in it but the mouse didn't make it. Uh, we woke up the next morning and the mouse was stiff. He, it had died overnight. 
And I was just an absolute wreck about this mouse because I had, well, I mean, kind of a spoiler alert, I guess, but because I had invested in the mouse, right? I had invested a lot of my time and my energy and my emotion into this mouse and into this mouse's future and into trying help, trying to help this mouse. And so I took it personally when this mouse did not make it. And I remember my grand, like I was distraught. I mean, I was like sobbing, like I didn't want to do anything. This is... <laughs> You know, looking back, this might be one of those early warning signs that, you know, he wasn't okay. He was probably dealing with some early depression at that he being me. I don't know why I'm talking about myself in the third person. Um, but I just, I just could not pull it together. And my grandfather tried to help and said something that makes sense, but also didn't help at all. Um, and I bet a lot of you have received feedback like this when you've been struggling with big feelings. He said, Scott, thousands of mice die every day so you know th this particular one you know basically what he was saying is like this isn't a tragedy this is just a normal thing and he was i mean he was absolutely right of course that is true and like what he was getting at was you know you you were okay yesterday and this was still happening yesterday the only difference is this time you saw it happen i mean i didn't literally see the mouse die but like i saw the progression of this mouse go from like not okay to dead basically but that is the, the reason that that statement was both true and unhelpful goes back to my tagline that i'm going to repeat because i want to make sure you remember it the act of caring for something makes you care about something. There was nothing about that specific mouse that made it a more important mouse than any other mouse. Like it wasn't, I didn't have a personal like deep connection with this mouse because of its personality or something like that. This mouse was not objectively any more important or any more valuable than any other mouse, but it felt more important to me because I cared for it. And because I cared for it, I cared about it. This also applies to ourselves. And so when we're saying, when we're taking the perspective of, I'm not gonna bother to take care of myself because I do not care for myself, I don't care about myself. I think I said that wrong. You get what I'm saying. That's backwards because that relationship works in the opposite direction. If you are waiting until you care about yourself to care for yourself, you will literally wait forever because you are not doing the things that make you care about yourself. Caring for yourself makes you care about yourself. I know I'm being very repetitive, but I'm now paranoid that I said it wrong the previous time. So I had to repeat it yet again. I hope that that makes sense to you. I'm not done yet, but we're just, we're, we're going to have a little bit of a transition in the dialogue here. There is a whole nother level to this that I want you to understand. And I, I have spoken about this before in one of my very first videos. I think it was like my third or fourth video on here. If you happen to have watched that one, uh, you have heard this before, but A, the production values on that video were terrible and it's really old. So most of you probably haven't seen it. B, I think I've gotten much better at articulating this since then. So I'm gonna take another stab at this concept too, because this idea that the more you care for yourself, the more you care about yourself is not a binary. It's not like you either do or don't. There's actually levels to this. And the amount 
that it can make a difference in your life and in your mental health is far more profound than what I have communicated to you so far. So the value of any action that we take, you know me, I love my values, my, my numbers. There are two factors that influence the value of an action that we can take. One is how much you enjoy the action itself. So some things we just think are fun, right? And when you do something that you enjoy, that's one value. That's one reason you might want to do that thing again and again and again. The second factor is how much you value what you are putting into. In other words, how much do you value the outcome of this action or of the thing that it is targeted towards? That was confusing. So let me just give you an example. My wife and my son volunteer weekly at an animal shelter. They help out with the cats. They are, well, actually my wife's not that much of a cat person. She's just a good mom. Uh, she does it more for my son. She's more of a dog person. I was going to say they're both cat people. It's not not 100% true. My son is a cat person, big time. And he values cats. And so volunteering at this cat shelter is something he wants to do because he cares about the cats. My wife values him. I mean, she doesn't like dislike cats. I don't want to make my wife sound like she doesn't like cats, but she she cares about our son. And so she does it for him primarily. So both of them are engaging in this activity because they value what they're investing into. If you did not care about cats, volunteering in a cat shelter would be an objectively unpleasant experience, right? Because it's it's not usually like a super fun thing to do and the environment can be very stressful. So it's not that the action itself is enjoyable. It's that they feel like they're spending their time on something important and that's what makes them want to do it again. So those are the two variables that can make you want to do something or care about something. Do I enjoy doing this thing? Do I care about this thing? As you work on your relationship with yourself, there are four different levels of self-care that you will move through. And these levels serve as a base multiplier for the value of the action that you are taking. Let me, again, give you an example of this because it's this kind of becomes an algebra problem at the end of the day. Let's say that your level of enjoyment of physical activity, of exercise, is a four out of 10. You're like, you don't love it, you don't hate it, it's, you're just kind of all right with it. Exercise pretty much only benefits you for the most part, right? You can't really exercise for someone else. And so level zero of your self-care is when you believe that you do not matter to anyone else, including yourself. I don't care about me. No one else cares about me. If you're at level zero, every self-care action feels 100% pointless because the base multiplier is a zero. And anything times zero is zero. So anything you do for yourself just feels like you're throwing your time and energy into a void or a black hole. I'm doing something that does not make any difference to anyone at all. That's what that feels like. Level one is when you believe, or I should say acknowledge, because I do believe this is true for every single person. Level zero, I believe, is an illusion. I don't think there's anyone out there who does not matter to anyone. I, I don't think that's possible. Level one is when you don't care about yourself, but you do acknowledge and understand 
other people do care about me. I do matter to others. And when you're at level one, you will engage in self-care essentially as a proxy for caretaking other people. In other words, like I'll take care of myself because I know that if I don't, you will worry about me. You will be concerned. You will be stressed if I neglect myself. I don't actually care what happens to me, but I know that you do. So I'm going to do what I have to do, like essentially just to keep you, you know, content. And so when you're at level one, everything you do for yourself, basically you just take it at face value. It is what it, it, it doesn't feel super important or super meaningful, but it does feel worth doing as an extension of your caring for and about other people. Level two of self-care is when you start to include yourself in the sphere of people you care about. So when you're at level two, everything feels twice as important, basically. The base multiplier is now two. So when I exercise, for example, I am not only doing something that makes other people feel good because they want me to be healthy and you know live as long as possible. I'm also doing something that makes me feel good because I matter to me. And so now there's twice as much on the line, basically. So exercise was a four as, as a base value of the activity. If you're at level zero, it's a zero. If you're at level one, it's a four. If you're at level two, it's now an eight because you're simultaneously doing something that you enjoy a little bit and that feels important to do in your life. So it's now a much more beneficial activity for you. We're not done. There's one more level. Level three is when you start to understand and acknowledge that taking care of yourself is actually one of the most important things you'll ever do in your life. It becomes one of your core values. It becomes something that is part of your mission, part of your reason for being here. And when you get to level three, the base multiplier, of course, is three. So now exercise has a value of 12 because it feels kind of like volunteering in a cat shelter. You feel like you're doing something that really matters to one of your goals or values or missions in life. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So here's the thing about all this. You're probably wondering, how do I move through the levels? How do I get from, I don't know if you feel like you're starting at level zero, level one, but if you want to get to that level three place where it actually feels worthwhile to do things for yourself that only help you, the way you do it is by doing the things before you want to do the things and before you care about yourself, because the act of caring for something makes you care about that thing. So you go from level zero to level one by taking care of yourself. 
when it feels completely worthless and pointless and like there's no reason to do it. You go from level one to level two by taking care of yourself. Essentially, what I'm telling you to do here, not I'm, I'm not the boss of you, what I'm telling you that I've done and that I've applied in therapy and that has helped many people is basically you take a leap of faith. You do the thing when it feels like you don't want to do the thing, when it feels pointless and, and worthless and useless, and you try to trust, big word, I know, that as you start to invest in yourself, you will start to see yourself as something worth investing in. And that progression is what will make it not feel like a waste of time. That might feel like a lot to ask, but what I wanna ask you is, do you have a version of my farm mouse story? In other words, has there been something in your life where you realize you cared much more about that specific thing, whether it was like an animal or a person or anything, or like a shirt, I don't know, a car, that you cared way more about that thing than you do of all the other things that are like that thing, not because that thing was better objectively, but because it had more personal relevance to you because you had cared for it. If you can think of an example in your life that matches the trajectory of my farm mouse story, then that proves my point. That proves that the more you care for something, the more you care about that thing. And that will also apply to you. So the way that you get yourself to get to the point where it feels worth doing things for you is by doing things when it doesn't feel worth doing. Holy crap, that was messed up. Let me try again. The way that you get yourself to do things for you is by doing things for you when you don't feel like it's worth doing things for you. Can you blame me for having a hard time saying that? I don't have notes either. Like I'm just saying this stuff. So this was a more complicated and technical concept than I typically try to do on here. So please do let me know if you guys have any questions about this at all. Once you hit level one, and especially once you hit level two, you're going to want to keep going. That momentum is just going to keep driving you. But there's going to be a period of probably a couple of weeks where it feels like you're wasting your time, where it feels like you're just doing nothing. You just have to be able to stick with that long enough to reach the point where you start to care about you. If there's any more you want me to expand upon from this video, please just let me know in the comments. And as always, I will do my best to respond to the comments. And you guys know, because I did it just a couple of weeks ago, if a lot of you ask the same question or are struggling with the same part of this concept, I'll make an entire new video on that. This is crucial because this can sabotage everything. You can know every right step to take and not feel able to take any of it if it doesn't feel worth working on yourself. So this is pivotal, and, and I think it's really important for people to understand this. So if there's any more explanation that you need, please do not hesitate to let me know. Take care, and I will see you next time.